This episode is launching on International Women's Day, and I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with Larkin McKenzie Ast from Coast Capital Savings. It's a financial institution here in Canada, and we are chatting about their new Keep Her on the Map campaign. It is a campaign that aims to shed light on the disproportionate impacts the pandemic has had on women. And more than that, it strives to rally support for female-led businesses and provide resources for all women who have felt the impact of COVID-19. She is very passionate about this topic. She is a mom of two, and I can't wait for you to hear more about this campaign and start thinking about ways that you can be, as Larkin says, mindful with your money and where we can spend money to lift up those female-led businesses and also in our own workplaces, what we can do to lift up female employees that are really seeing the impacts on either their career trajectory or their income or whatever impact might have come from this pandemic. I really hope you enjoy this uh, important topic. Welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp, and each episode I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community, because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire podcast. Hi, Larkin, and welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. Hi, Jillian. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I am very passionate about the topic we are going to get into today, but can you start by introducing yourself, who you're a mom to, all of the things? Absolutely, all the things. I love it. So uh, my name is Larkin McKenzie Ast, and I am here to chat with you today as the chair of the Business Women's Network for Coast Capital Savings. Mm -hmm. I am a mom to Rafe, who is eight years old, and Celine, who is five. Love it. Oh, so fun. Such good ages. Okay. So as you said, what we're here to talk about, we're talking about women in the workforce, women business owners, and how they have been impacted with the pandemic and what Coast Capital Savings is doing to raise awareness about it and talk about it. So can you sort of introduce the topic? Tell us, you know, what the issues are and we'll get going. Absolutely. I'd love to. So, um, I'll, I'll go back a little bit because at the mm -hmm. Business Women's Network every year, so we, we put on quite a bit of, of programming and, and the idea is that we're, we're an affinity network. So we have a, a member base of women at Coast who, um, who are just looking for that connection with other women. So every year we have a theme that we come up with. And for 2021, we decided on surviving and thriving COVID. And at first when, when the theme was proposed, I sort of said, okay, tell me more about this. You know, why is this the theme that, that we're considering? And the more you start to look into how much women have been disproportionately affected by COVID, it, it really started to blow my mind. So we decided for this year's, uh, this year's theme that we would, we'd move forward with surviving and thriving COVID. And with International Women's Day around the corner, um, we, we started to connect with our, our marketing team, with our broader team at Coast. And in the midst of, you know, with, with BWN here on this side, working away on, on our theme, 
it's so top of mind at Coast that actually they were building an entire program called Keep Her on the Map. So when we compared notes with the marketing team, we said, well, here's what we're thinking and here's what we're going to do for social. They said, here's what we're doing with Keep Her on the Map. And it was just this moment of of, of, uh, synergy. Right. We all were having conversations and were realizing how much women at Coast and our female members mm-hmm. have been impacted by COVID. And so, you know, we're learning and it's, it's humbling and it's, it, it's, it's saddening. Um, the more you look into the research on how much uh, COVID is affecting women with respect to mental health, with respect to the economic impacts, um, their exits from the workforce, how much more they're working at home. It's, um, it's tough to read about. Yeah. And so we decided that this was a great opportunity. We, we had a wonderful discussion about it this morning, a great, a great panel discussion, because we're, we're also realizing that as women, how much better we feel when we're talking about it and how much better we're feeling when we're connecting with other women who are having these conversations. So at the yeah. Business Women's Network, we were realizing that our meetings, that you know we have set agendas and we have things that we're talking about, we have events that we're putting together, but we were really craving that connection because we're all working remotely. Um, those of us who are on the core committee um, or we're working with women who are working in the branches and are dealing with the stress of being public facing mm-hmm. or are dealing with women led businesses. So keeper on the map is um, Coast Capital's way of providing resources to women, all women, women business owners, but also all women mm-hmm. on how to um, survive and thrive and how to mitigate as much as we can the impacts that COVID is having on all of our lives. Yeah. I mean, to your point, it's business women, business owners and all women because especially mothers, um, which is why I'm so passionate about this, because even if you're not a business owner, even if you have a role in an organization, you now, if you are a mom, you will have likely your kids in your workplace because now we all live at work, right? <laughs> you know, I, yeah. somebody said that the other day, so that I don't, I don't work at home anymore. I live at work, right? And so your, your kids are coming in the door after school or they're, if they're little, they're there when you're trying to work and, you know, your bubble may or may not include childcare. And, you know, you don't really have a lot of options at that point. And for me, I share it very equally with my husband. He's always worked from home. And Mm -hmm. before we actually, I did less of, because I was out of the house. Right. And he did the running around uh, to all the after school activities. And he's also the cook. So he was really doing a lot. But now it's very balanced and we're making it work. But gosh, I know some families that don't have that situation. They're not maybe working from home, but they now don't have their childcare for after school. You know, there, there are so many challenges that have come out of this. Well, and I, like you, also was in a situation where my husband was doing more of the childcare, more mm. of the driving around to lessons the cooking, because just like you, I was working out of the house and I found it fascinating. And it's been very, uh, it's it's required a lot of self-reflection on this, how quickly I reverted back to Uh. a a more traditional 
role than I had played before in our marriage. And it was actually, we had a, as, as you do, we just had one of those moments where, you know, who's making dinner, who's doing this and da, da, da. And I stopped and, and he, my husband looked at me and said, I've been doing the cooking for the last five years. I can do this. I'm more than happy to do this. It just feels like you're stepping into a role that you haven't played in a long time or if ever. So it was, I found it really challenging on a personal level to realize that I was slipping into sometimes a more traditional female role than I had ever played before. And so it took a mindfulness to get out of that Mm -hmm, and to go back to, nope, it's five o'clock. My day is done. I'm going to go for a run while you are taking care of the kids. Which is or huge. getting dinner ready. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's huge, and there's a lot of guilt. I still feel guilty over it, which is yeah. silly. But well, I felt guilt when I, when I was working out of the house, and I also had massive FOMO for my family. Yeah. I I felt like I was. I mean, and this is, I don't know what this is. This is going back to childhood, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like being friends with in a group of three and always somebody being left out, oh, but, always. you know, but I, I felt when I would get home from work at six 30, sometimes seven o'clock at night in the busy seasons that I had missed and they had formed mm-hmm. a connection after school that I had completely missed. And I was now out of the loop and he yeah. had it in hand, man. Like he, they were he, they knew when they were doing their homework, everybody was doing their things. He had made a plan and made sure everybody was where they were supposed to be. And I was always catching up. Yeah. And so I actually, I haven't really taken on, I mean, we share equally the housework. Um, and now I cook like weekends, but that's only because my anxiety doesn't take over and I can relax a little and make things that I'm comfortable with. Cause I'm not a cook, but you know, but other than that, like the biggest thing for me has been, I feel, I feel more, this is terrible. I feel more part of my family when I'm working from home. So for me, it's actually been a positive thing, but I'm in a very, very lucky situation where that is the case. And my job hasn't been impacted. So I, I know so many female business owners that have not had that situation. Their stores have had to close for the two months of, you know, when everything was shut down, their fitness centers, their fitness studios, you know, had to pivot online immediately and they lost clientele, you know, it's, there are so many examples their daycare fell apart and they don't yeah. have, uh, they don't have caregivers in their bubble who could help out. And unfortunately, if they're in, just like you're saying, I mean, traditionally women are in the, um, the, the, the uh, front facing roles. So mm-hmm. they're often in the service industry and they're often in the caregiving industry. And so as those paused or, or even uh, dramatically reduced in terms of the work that was being offered, well, then those women were taking care of their kids, which as wonderful as that can be. And I appreciate that we've all been wonderful about, um, you know, finding gratitude in those moments. Mm-hmm. It creates a lot of financial strain when one person oh, gotcha. isn't, isn't working and add financial strain to being at home all the time with your kids. And then suddenly having to teach. <laughs> I mean, I have never had more reverence for teachers than I had over um, between March and June of last year. I'm I'm so impressed. I'm so amazed. I always have been, but even more so to see the work that was done. And, and just like you said, that pivot that we watched occur and 
to see so many of those teachers in their homes with their own kids at home. As well, well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I know so many teachers that were teaching their own kids, through, um, supporting them through online learning and then teaching their classes as well. I can't, yeah. I, I, I don't even know. I think one thing I have seen is teachers specifically have given us parents a lot of grace in that period and said, grace. if it doesn't get done, it's okay, yeah. you yeah. know, because they get it. And yeah. okay. Oh, it's been a yeah. crazy year, man. <laughs> it has been a crazy year, man. I agree. <laughs> and I, I would second that. I think that, um, you know, grace is really, I, on a personal note, I, I usually have a word that I choose for each year. And mm -hmm. this year, 2021 just deserves two. Yeah. And this year, the words are grit and grace. Perfect. I love it. So I'm so with you. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So what is, what exactly is keep her on the map? Tell us a bit more about that campaign. Absolutely. So keep her on the map is um, it's a, it's a full campaign that is focused on in a couple of areas. One is it's largely focused on ensuring that we're providing resources to women. So we have um, we have a series of uh, interviews that we've done with small with female small business owners. We've done uh, the panel that we did this morning. So conversations. So we're providing that sense of community for women, be they small business owners or not. Um, but the resources are a focus on or include a focus on mental health, mm. um, financial concerns. So answering those sticky questions that wake us up at 3 a.m. Um, when we're when we're struggling, because there's nothing there's nothing that wakes you up at 2 a.m. like your finances when you're worried about how you're going to find childcare or yeah. keep your business going or feed your family, all the things, feed your family, all the things. Yeah. Um, so there, we're also focused on ensuring that we're, we have the resources available to women-led businesses. And another key piece to it is awareness. So how mm -hmm. can we as non-business owners, how can we support these women who mm -hmm. are out there running their businesses every day, trying to pivot in the face of this, trying to keep their doors open. Um, I was having a conversation with someone, uh, with, with um, Cindy, who went, who runs Pajos. I love Pajos. Yeah. I saw so she was know. on the yeah. list and I was like, yeah. oh, Pajos, so good. Oh, she's amazing. She's amazing. And you know what? There's nothing like a woman who not only runs a business, but runs it with their family. I mean, yeah. I'm in awe. I am in awe of Cindy. So we were chatting about it and she said, you know, we're very lucky along this theme of surviving and thriving. She said, we're very lucky in that we were able, because we are outside, because we have this, we were impacted in such and such a way, but not impacted in, in, the, in these other ways. So it's, it's providing the resources to make sure that as non-business owners, we know how we can support those who are mm -hmm. running a business. Mm -hmm. It's also providing us with the resources, you know, what, what could we be doing for ourselves with respect to mental health, which is another yes. difficult conversation that we might not feel comfortable having with people, but mm -hmm. we are looking for those resources. So it's making sure that we have those, those resources available to those women. And again, going back to the, the financial. So mm -hmm. what are the questions that we can be answering for these women to support them to ensure that um, whether they feel like they're surviving or thriving that day in COVID, that we are supporting them. Mm -hmm. um, Coast is a purpose-led organization. I have to say, I, I count myself very lucky every day that I get to once upon a time go into the office, but now I get to log onto my computer 
and work for an organization where everything that we do is focused on doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that we do is focused on our members and Keeper on the Map is ensuring that our female members and the women who work at Coast are dead center in our focus. That's amazing. I, I love so much of what you just explained. It's one thing I really love is that you have included, I mean, you're a financial institution, well, credit you, financial institution, yes. but you have made mental health a core pillar of this campaign where you wouldn't typically see that in a financial institution, right? Especially in days of old. But the fact, like you were saying earlier, the, the Business Women's Network and the connections that you make For me, one of my big passions and why I started Mom Camp in the first place was to help moms connect and to hear stories of other moms so they would know they're not alone. You know, we're in this really weird situation and we're going through some really hard stuff and to know that we're actually not the only ones and it's okay to say it's hard and it's okay to ask for help. And I mean, I've said before on this show, but I don't know anybody that was alive during the Spanish flu. So nobody I know has been alive during a pandemic. So nobody knows how to do this right. And we're all going to go through stuff at different stages. I feel like we all kind of hit the wall at the same time, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. there are these waves of emotion. Some people are doing okay. Some people aren't. And to have that, that focus on mental health is so, so important. So I just love that. I just love it. It's, it's quite wonderful. I have to say this, this panel that we had where we, we, we were speaking with the small business owners. So it was, mm-hmm. I've spoken with four different businesses over the last little while through the Keeper on the Map um, initiative or campaign. And every time to say to them, what can we do? How can we support? It stops people in their tracks. It's, it stops these women in their tracks. And they say, I'm, I'm not used to hearing that from my yeah. financial institution. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, a conversation that we had with um, with Misha, who runs Iron Alley in Fort Langley, was um, I said, this is an amazing opportunity for us at Coast to hear from you, to hear what's important to you, to hear what we can be doing. Those of us, I mean, we there was a there's a, a great visual of Coast on on a piece of our advertising from a few years back where it's it's got a tandem bicycle it's got the two-person bicycle I think it's actually three and there's there's the person in the front and then there's two coast employees in the back keeping it going (laughs) and at coast we really we see it as a as a partnership Mm -hmm. we see ourselves as part of our members lives and in in keeping with that commitment to making sure that we're always thinking of our members whenever we can pull our members in I mean at the at the Business Women's Network, we're constantly talking about our, our big goal over time is how could we expand so that we're providing the support that we provide to each other at Coast? How could we how could we provide that ecosystem, that community mm-hmm. outside of Coast to our members? Mm-hmm. And Coast is an organization where that is absolutely encouraged. Amazing. Where I think that there would be some Uh, financial institutions that might say, oh yeah, this is a great opportunity for market research. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how can we support these people who, these women who are, who are making it happen and who need that sense of community and that, that support. Now, what would you say, because I'm very aware of the fact that there's business owners that have absolutely 100% been negatively impacted, but then there are employees that have been impacted some negatively, some not so negatively, whatever by the pandemic. 
what would you say is important for, let's look at it from both directions, the employee to ask for in their workplace when they're feeling negatively impacted by this and what they need, but also what organizations should be thinking about for their employee, their female employees specifically, recognizing all of the stats and all of the research to ensure that, because I know I in the press release that I have for the campaign, and it was talking about the progress we've made as women for equality and all of that, and how it's basically kind of in danger of really going backwards. So yeah. what can organizations do to ensure that we don't end up doing exactly what just naturally happened to you, where you know you went backwards into this yeah. gender role, right? What can yeah. we all do, not just for the business owners, because that's kind of a different mm-hmm. conversation. That's a conversation about your business surviving and you having all of these home responsibilities. Yeah. But even as employees that are facing challenges? Well, I think that, so there are a number of things that, that employers can do. The, the greatest, or one of the greatest threats that I see to women working in organizations is um, the progress that we've been making as far as leadership. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's a very important piece here, which is we're starting to understand that this is going to have an impact on women at, 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 and their progression in the workplace. So what can we do? I think we can create safe spaces for the conversation to happen. I think as leaders in organizations, we can take the time to stop and ask how people are doing Mm. in their personal lives. I mean, I think that the, with all of these online connections, we skip over that, those human moments that we would have had previously in a kitchen or passing in the hallway Mm -hmm. or just quick little moments like that. So ensuring that you take the time to connect, really asking people how they're asking women, how they're feeling about um, their role, how they're feeling about where they want to go next. Mm -hmm. I'm asking how they're feeling about that work-life balance, given that they're, they're living at work now. Um, Those are key conversations and creating space for them to talk openly and grieve is a strong word, but creating space for them to talk about their misgivings or their fears around Mm -hmm. how much COVID is impacting gender equity. Mm. Um, You know, there, I I don't, I'm not someone who likes to throw around stats. And I also, I don't, I find how many years it's going to be until gender equity and a a depressing stat. So I try to ignore it, but what I have paid attention (laughs) to is that the last year, the impact of COVID has, has extended our time to gender parity or gender equity by 10 years. Mm-hmm. So for one year to affect our, all of the work that we've done for equality, yeah. all that we've put into it for one year to push us back by 10 years is just staggering. It's and crazy. it's a stat that just, it stops me in my tracks. Um, and it makes me feel disheartened. And that's a conversation that we had at the BWN where we, mm. we stopped, we were having a planning session and we stopped and put everything down and said, how is everyone feeling about this? How are you feeling about women in the workplace? How are you feeling about how disproportionately women have lost their jobs mm-hmm. in, in this she session? Because we're frequently spending our time talking about how lucky we feel to still have our jobs. Right, of course. And, and there's almost a, um, an unwillingness 
to complain or to talk about the impact that COVID is having. Because other people have it worse. You know, I'm lucky I shouldn't complain. Yeah. 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 You know, my, my finance, I'm, I'm still making the same Mm -hmm. or, or which creates also a barrier to other women to be able to talk about, actually, I'm, I'm working less. I had to reduce my hours because I'm balancing childcare. Um, So affinity networks play a huge role there, Mm -hmm. but it really comes down to leadership. So making sure that your leadership is stopping to think about how, how their female employees are feeling and stopping to truly engage and ask those difficult questions um, is, is incredibly important and is, is something that as leadership teams, we need to start looking at how this is affecting our successions, our mm-hmm. succession plans. How's our, what, what's going on with our bench strength? What's happened during this time with the women that would have been lined up for promotions over the next five years? Are they still there? Have we mm-hmm. seen an impact? Are we tracking that? And are we being mindful in developing the women who are still in the organization? Yeah. Those are the questions that organizations need to be asking themselves. So um, creating that space for the conversation, really being mindful about succession and growing leaders. Mm-hmm. Those are two, two key ways that I think organizations should be paying attention. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for that. So uh, I will ask you later um, how people can find out more about Keep Her on the Map. Um, But what should people be doing right now? You know, should they be looking out for women-led businesses? You know, what are you encouraging everybody to do? So we are absolutely encouraging everyone to to be mindful. Like we've I think we've talked quite a bit over the last year, um, certainly since since the summer and all of the conversations that we have been having around justice and and diversity and equity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Um, Being mindful about the vendors with whom you're engaged, being mindful about where you're spending your money. Mm -hmm. I like to call it mindful money. I don't know if someone else, I probably heard that from someone else. I'd like to think that I coined it, but I doubt that I did. (laughs) Um, But being thoughtful about how you're spending your money, Mm -hmm. um, be that local and, and some people choose to make, gender the the lens through which they focus Mm -hmm. some people would prefer to to shop local some people would prefer to ensure that they are supporting um supporting black indigenous people of color led businesses green initiatives exactly exactly um so with respect to keep her on the map we're encouraging people to think about how they're spending their money Mm -hmm. when they when they come across a great women-led business to share that whether Mm -hmm. it's online reviews Um, word of mouth. I heard a really great piece of feedback on this um, from, I think it was Studio Think. So the two women who run Studio Think, which is um, a a branding company out of Langley, the largest female run branding company in Canada. Nice. Um, And, and the, the impact of also negative feedback. And by that calling to talk about when things haven't gone well is another key piece mm-hmm. that they were saying, you know, we, we want this dialogue to be back and forth. So let us know when we've done well, let us know when we haven't done well so that mm-hmm. we can make it right. So those are two key areas, like the, the reviews and the sharing when you come across a great mm-hmm. women led business, but also just taking the time to think about mm-hmm. how you're spending your money. Well, and I, I love the name of the campaign because you hear it and you're like, okay, yeah, 
I get it. But when you actually dig into it and it's keeping those women-led businesses on the map, but then also I go back to that employee piece and thinking about the women in our organization at my full-time job and helping to keep them on the map in that succession plan, like you were saying, and yeah, really supporting it's, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. I'm so, I'm so glad you're doing this campaign. It's fantastic. And I'm so proud to be partnered with Coast Capital for International Women's Day to help bring awareness to it. Cause, cause it's huge. Yeah. yeah thank yeah. you. And, and I mean, I, I can't say it enough. There's a reason that Coast Capital has exceptional um, exceptional members mm-hmm. and exceptional employees because mm-hmm. and female the, leaders and female leaders. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And female board members. And, mm-hmm. and, and, I mean, we have, we have um, an incredible organization that mm-hmm. is committed, committed to doing the right thing and committed yeah. to initiatives like this one that really make it feel wonderful to go to work at coast every day. So good. So good. Awesome. Okay. I have some questions that I ask all hey. my guests. Hey. Um, so we're going to pivot the, you know, the word of 2020, <laughs> we're going to pivot a little bit. Um, okay. So how do you define balance or do you, some people don't like the word at all for yourself and your family? That's a great question. Um, Balance for our family is uh, making sure that we are finding time to have fun together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something that I have to step out and be more mindful of because I tend to be the logistics parent. Yep. As much as my husband does most of the cooking and, and, and kid logistics, I am yep. the person that's, you know, online signing them up for swimming lessons. You're the facilitator. And I'm the facilitator. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So making sure that I'm stepping out of that role and stepping into being the fun parent and that Mm -hmm. my husband has the opportunity to be the facilitator at times so that we're able to ebb and flow between those two, those two roles is really important. Um, For my kids to understand when I'm not around, why I'm not around so that Mm. it's not creating stress Mm -hmm. is important from a balance standpoint. Um, whether I'm out volunteering, um, I sit on two boards. So I'm, I'm out for board meetings a couple mm-hmm. of times a month, not right now, but in normal <laughs> life. Um, I do a lot of volunteering with, with um, not-for-profit boards. So I will be away doing that. And so for my kids to understand that that is who I am, mm-hmm. those, that volunteerism is built into my DNA and it feeds my soul and it makes me a happier person. And I come home from those a happier parent and a happier partner mm-hmm. um, is very important. Um, and making sure that um, as a family, we're really listening to each other about when we're over-programmed because mm. as a facilitator, I tend to <laughs> program a lot of fun or a lot of, you know, activities, but really mm-hmm. listening to one another when, when one of the kids says on a Saturday, well, can we just, have a quiet Saturday morning when knowing when you can, when you actually need, when you need to, to, uh, stay true to your commitment, Mm -hmm. but when you have that flexibility to, to stop and and have some quiet time and honor their, their request for that downtime. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Whether you can do it in the moment. And if you can't Mm -hmm. do it in the moment, I try to say, okay, we can't do that now. However, why don't we make sure that there's some time for you tomorrow to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Awesome. Okay. Do you make time for self-care and what does that look like for you? I do. I absolutely do. Self-care for me is for anything from as healthy as uh, going for a run. So I, I went back to a passion of running that I've had since I was 14, but had, Mm. you know, after, after I had my five-year-old, um, so it was, it was four and a half years that I hadn't run. I realized that I needed exercise back in my life more regularly. So whether I run or ski or go out and do something physical um, mm-hmm. every day, that is very important to me. I mentioned my volunteering, which just makes me so happy. It, awesome. it makes me a happier, better person. Um, and I also really prioritize making time with friends. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, we all know those, those friends, we all have those friends who um, we've known for forever and we go and spend time with them and it's fine. But I'm talking about the people who you spend time with them and you feel that your life is enriched for yeah, having you them feel in your filled life. Up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The bucket, yeah. when, when your bucket is filled after spending exactly. time with them, those are the people that I, I really prioritize and, and make time for. Yeah. I love that. I love it. All right. This question, here we go. What is the biggest lesson you have learned as a mom? That is a tough one. I know. I always spring it on people at the end. <laughs> Some people cheat Good. and they've listened to episodes before they come in, but <laughs> I have listened to episodes. I don't know how I missed that one. It's good. The greatest lesson that I have learned is to slow down and make time for silliness. Awesome. And I mean, I mean like kid play, which is funny because I would have said a year ago that I wasn't the parent who played. Yeah. I, I wasn't the parent who got down on the ground and played, but I made snowmen this past winter. And I left my phone inside and went and, and played in the snow and uh, made time to go for bike rides again without taking a phone or not on a call or not this or not that. Um, so creating more space to walk play. away from for play. Yeah, because I, I mean, fun is one of my top three priorities. Yeah. Play is very different. Very different and harder to let go and just like go with abandon, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm terrible with, with uh, spare time on my hands. I am the worst. If you give me an hour, I will probably do some laundry or I might just, (laughs) I don't know, read an article or who knows what I can't just relax. Right. Right. Yeah. Playing with the kids is, is my, my greatest learning. That's awesome. I'm awesome at dance parties in the kitchen. But any other kind of play, unless like it's building Lego, I can rock building yeah. Lego, but mm-hmm. anything that requires me to just like let go with abandon and play imaginatively, yeah. not my happy place. So I've been trying really hard to do that, but I can rock a dance party. Yeah. Well, that's Especially that is a Hamilton, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm particularly good at dance parties to the weekend, but you just have to be careful about the, the kid friendly lyrics. Yes. But... Yes, absolutely. <laughs> radio edits only radio edits yeah yeah, that's right that's right a lot of Justin Bieber in our house yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, so good. So good. Okay. How can our listeners find out more about Keep Her on the Map and all of the great work that Coast Capital Savings is doing How can, and all of the things? Absolutely. So we have created a, a resource hub on our website. So it's coastcapitalsavings.com slash keep her on the map. So okay. nice and easy. And I'm sure that if you go to the Google, you can find it through that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, coastcapitalsavings.com slash keep her on the map. Awesome. And I took a look at it and it's got some great women-led businesses that you can link to and you can go check them out. If you are in the lower mainland, you should definitely get fish and chips at Pajos. So (laughs) agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And we'll be adding more. We've, we've been, uh, we've been really active over the last little while with conversations like this one and some videos. So those will be up in the next couple of days. Awesome. Okay. Well, I will make sure everything is captured in the show notes. I'm going to put it on my social media as well. So people will have seen it there. So, so good. It's such an important campaign. I'm so proud to be participating in it in just my small way. So thank you so much for everything that you are doing for this. Well, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to have had this conversation with you and it was just far too much fun. And as I said, (laughs) this is, this is one of my passions. So it's great that I get to share it outside of coast. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jillian. All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire. I am so excited to tell you about a new book that you are definitely going to want to get your hands on. It is called The Mom Babes, A Motherhood Anthology. And I was a contributing author. I got to write a chapter in this anthology put together by The Mom Babes, Christina and Carolyn. And it is truly incredible. There are 20 authors involved, myself included, and there are stories of transformation, of love, of loss, of pain, of journeys. It's just incredible. Some of these stories should seriously be made into movies. It's like chicken soup for the soul, but even more awesome. It is going to be the coolest, coolest book, and it is going to be out in time for Mother's Day. But pre-sale is on right now, March 8th to 22nd, and you can absolutely get your hands on one of these copies, and I will be shipping them out as soon as they arrive from the printers. So if you want to grab a copy of The Mom Babes, a motherhood anthology, you can go to the link in the show notes, It will all be there or you can go to momcamplife.com slash book.